This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot cope with them. Can't do it. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. You are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. What's up, Clock Dodgers? We are back in the building. We are going to do some fantasy football talk today. Yes, we come bearing gifts, but I haven't come alone. I've brought some trusty friends with me. Number one, Adam is in the building. I'm back, bitches. You're back, man. It's been it's been a little while. You know, we took a little break when the season ended, but we didn't just bring Adam today. We you 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 came with a friend, man, a guest for the show. Our guest today, you know, we're we're happy to have him. He's a strong member of the fantasy football Twitter community. He's a host of his own podcast, the Fantasy Insanity Podcast. What's up, John Bosch? Not much. I'm not going to try and hit that high note that Adam did. I, I, I would, I would not get there. So I'll just say hi. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> it's called falsetto, bro. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of mastered that throughout the uh, the time of the podcast here. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm excited to have you both on here at the same time. As as everyone knows, we haven't had a fancy podcast for at least a few weeks now. Took a little bit of a break from it just to kind of relax and you know wind down. But with fantasy football, we all know it never really ends. You know, guys who are in dynasty, it never stops. Guys preparing for drafts and rookie drafts and all these things. So I wanted to jump into a little bit with you guys. So I appreciate you both for coming on. Um, what you know, what we're gonna start with is our segment that we, me and Adam we did this a lot during the fantasy season. But um, for real, Pharrell or no way, Jose. So what what this is basically is I'm gonna give you guys bold calls that either i've seen on the internet people have sent to me i've made up on my own just to get crazy and if you you know if you believe that call is realistic it's for real for real if you don't believe in it it's no way jose and this is man this is such an organic segment that we came up with adam um from the show so it's always fun to play this so john man you think you're ready for that yeah uh, i will give a little advice in beforehand don't take any of my for real for reals or no way Jose's uh, as gospel. Go the other way. I'd recommend it. <laughs> All right. So what I, what I tried to do with this is I wanted to keep it very, um, you know, free agency friendly since that's what we're all caught up in the middle of right now. Right. I mean, guys are signing left and right. You know, some positions are going a little slower than others because they're just kind of waiting for one guy to sign. It seems like before they all find their market. But, you know, there's a lot going on right now, and obviously it, it, it dictates a lot in fantasy for us. So the first, um, as do you far, guys remember? Do you guys remember any fantasy fo- any football off season, like where free agency started like this? I mean, maybe it's just me that I'm new to it, newer to paying attention. But uh, like seriously, before we get into the players, sorry <laughs> to jump in there, but no, no. like seriously, does uh, 
it, does it always seem like this? I mean, like that first day was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy, but like Peyton Manning got tr- or got moved to Denver. Like, there's been some huge free agency moves on the first day of free agency over the past. Oh few yeah, years, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I, I just I don't remember like that volume of just like for a little while there felt like every hour there was just bright somebody brand new that like well that's a huge story yeah okay that completely takes the place of the story that was big an hour ago yeah i think a part of it is like social media and fancy football is becoming like so much more prevalent in our lives like on a daily basis like i remember when i when, when you know a while back when you first played fantasy like there was well, at least for me i wasn't playing dynasty leagues way way back or you know things like that so when the season ended it was just kind of over for me and i was just worried about my, my favorite team the raiders and just who they signed but i feel like you know fantasy is becoming like a 24 7 365 day you know social media you're on there all day long it feels like you know you're getting hit with this stuff constantly i think i know that kind of makes sense to what you're saying i think maybe maybe that is it just just the constant bombardment yeah, yeah my phone all of a sudden i'd see like of just a big chunk of notifications and i'm like oh great who just signed who'd i miss yeah stupid <laughs> me for stupid me for like doing a little bit of work today or something god it's so nice to be in this internet age though where it just comes straight to the phone like i i can be at work and immediately i mean neil <laughs> and i were texting back and forth today because like immediately i'd see something come in and i was texting him about it yep. because it's it's that rapid it, it's so and it's so easy you don't even have to search for it there's apps like SleeperBot who We've talked about on here a number of times and respect to those guys, but you know, you can get notifications right into your phone almost any time an addition happens. So yeah, it's 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 a great age. And if you're paying attention and hooked into social media, yeah, that first day of free agency, it's it's kinda like a kid on Christmas. There's just like so many presents to open. Things just keep coming at you. Yeah, and before we get into the, the the segments and stuff here, what what do you both prefer, um, or what, what's more exciting to you guys, free agency or the draft? I, I'm still gonna go draft. Yeah, uh, free agencies are fun, but that's still. I mean, even if you take the number of free agent, the big free agent deals, to me, that's still not gonna match that draft of the brand new shiny toy i mean when when zeke got drafted last year like that was insane i mean just like you could tell every everybody in fantasy football was like oh my god the cowboys have an amazing running back with that offensive line this is like that that present tops everything yeah, <laughs> when that, something that, like that, that, that fresh meat feel it's like oh, yeah man it's brand new so let's let's get into some of these uh, these bold calls. Maybe some of them aren't that bold. We'll see, guys. Um, the first one I have for you, and you guys can switch off and on, like who goes first and everything. I don't. You guys can do whatever you want, or you can just be rude and keep being interrupted to each other, whatever you want. Um, I'll let Adam start, and then I'll jump in, like I just did on you. <laughs> that works. So the first <laughs> one is going to be well. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey signed with the Eagles, right? So it's interesting. They did a bunch of other different moves, but the bold call is about Alshon Jeffrey himself. And and the bold call is Alshon Jeffrey ends the season as a top ten wide receiver in PPR scoring. Of course, you guys, if you want to consider his health involved in this, you know whether he gets hurt or not, or the likelihood, it's up to you. But as far as um, Alshon Jeffrey ending the season as a top ten wide receiver in PPR scoring, is it for real, for real, or no way, Jose? Okay, so I guess I'm starting because John just like tossed it up to me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so 
with with Alshon, I think that the caveat that you put ahead of time around injury is huge. Uh, for me, if it's on a full season, I, I mean, if he's healthy, that's for real, Pharrell. I, I think on a points-per-game basis, he's going to be there. I don't have as much confidence about him playing a full 16 games. That being said, he signed only a one-year contract. He's in a prove-it deal with a new franchise, and Honestly, if there's any time for him to reach peak performance, now's the time. And I think with that sort of pressure on himself, I'm hoping that he rises to the occasion. And, and if he does, then definitely. And that offense is the number one option, which I, I honestly think that there's... I mean, you could maybe argue that they're going to spread the ball around a lot, but it, it, he's going to be the number one option in that in that passing game. And ultimately, with an emerging offense like the Eagles are, I think that he's putting himself in prime position to have that upside of top 10 in PPR. Yeah, uh, Adam nailed it right there when he said one-year contract. To me, like the hamstrings probably feel a little bit better when you (laughs) only have 16 games to prove yourself. You know, if you're working on a little bit of a longer-term deal where you've already been paid for it and you're trying to make sure you're healthy going into the next season – yeah, but I don't think he can do that two years in a row. I don't think he could take off time at the end of the year and try and get a long-term contract. So I think he's going to be highly motivated. I think he, I think you're uh, for real, for real on that one. <laughs> so you guys seem more concerned, of course, and I, I think you're right on that as far as the injury, more than Jordan Matthews, Torrey Smith, Zach Ertz, or even Wentz. You guys don't seem concerned about those guys, right, as far as affecting him from being top 10. Not as far as affecting him. Okay. Uh, they, I mean, they definitely are going to be an offense that uses a lot of weapons. But the nice thing about how the Eagles have built that passing game is with the addition of Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, it allows Jordan Matthews to move back into the slot, which is where he's been most effective. So you're going to have Jordan Matthews working out of the slot, and then you have Zach Ertz running crossing routes. So both of them are attacking the middle of the field. You have Torrey Smith taking safeties deep. And that allows Alshon Jeffrey to do a lot of underneath work on the outside, which really is going to put him in a prime position to be kind of that first read on a lot of plays for quick routes that are going to get him first downs that are um, available to him. But as far as like the amount of targets that he saw, I don't think it's going to be like, I, I don't know. It's He's not going to be that prototypical number one wide receiver from a targets perspective. I don't expect him to finish the year top 10 in targets. Maybe even he might be in like that top 20 in target range. Um, but ultimately, I think the way that they're building that offense, it's going to support him because it's going to pull defenses away from him because they have so many other playmakers. I mean, they still have Darren Sproles out of the backfield as well. So the Eagles are really in prime shape to run an offense that is able to spread the ball around, but still has that that primary number one wide receiver in Alshon Jeffrey. Gotcha. Yeah, I like Wentz a lot this year, man. I think he's going to take a jump. So we will see, but you both are believers. All right, the next one, next bowl call. Terrell Pryor obviously signed with the Redskins. Super interesting, but the bold call is Pryor will be the number one fantasy wide receiver for the Washington Redskins. And we can start with John on this one. Yeah, I'll go first on this one. I don't think so. Um, I don't think it's Josh Doxon either. I think Jamison Crowder um, for a receiver. Now, you just did receiver. Right. I think obviously, you know, health is a factor, but uh, – 
if it's not a factor, the number one pass catcher has got to be Reed. But I I think if given the choice, I would take Jamison Crowder over Pryor as the number one receiver. Nice. Okay, so in no I think way, it'll, I think it'll I think it'll be it'll be I think it'll be close. I think Pryor's good. he's not going to sign there and not have you know some sort of a guarantee that he's going to be a major part of the offense. Um, but I still think I still think Crowder. So in no way, Jose from John. What do you say, Adam? I, I think Pryor is for real, Pharrell. Uh, ultimately, with the move on or with moving on from Deshaun Jackson for the Redskins franchise, it, it kind of left this gaping hole, and Pierre Garçon left as well. That frees up over 200 targets from last season. Terrell Pryor's biggest concern for me with leaving Cleveland was going to be getting a really large target share because. You know, Tyrell Pryor comes from a background of being a quarterback. So I feel like he's learned the wide receiver position in a similar way that that a lot of other players who've came over from the quarterback position have. And he knows a little bit more than your average wide receiver about reading a defense. With a, an offense that's emerging as well, similar to the Eagles. I mean, the Redskins are kind of this emerging offense that are going to have a lot of new faces this year. And I think that Pryor fits better to be a playmaker and a guy who's getting a large target share than someone like Jamison Crowder. I think Crowder is going to be an extremely reliable option on that offense, but I think Pryor is more likely to kind of have that boom value. And I mean, his, his metrics are off the chart. He's an extremely fast receiver. So it comes down to if they can really scheme properly for his skill set. But I feel like if they can, he's got dramatic upside in that offense. Yeah, so you guys are a little bit split on it. The one thing I take away from both of you here is that offense seems pretty exciting, right? I mean, pretty young and exciting as far as all the wide receivers are young. The tight end is young. I mean, as long as everybody can stay healthy. I mean, I know that's a theme all the time, but it seems like they got a pretty young, fun offense with Kirk Cousins and everything. And and. Uh, no running game to speak of. So, exactly. <laughs> uh, should, Don't should, hate should, on Rob Kelly. <laughs> uh, should be should be a pretty fun passing offense. So I think there's, like you said, there's plenty of open targets. There's lots of room for lots of guys to have some success in it. Yeah, which I'll is, still take Crowder. Though. I'm just, I'm not a, I've never been a prior guy. I didn't buy into him at all last season. And uh, maybe it'll come back to burn me, but I haven't traded for him at all this offseason. Oh, either. man. No love. It's, all right. it's okay. It's okay. Someone's got to hate him, right? So. The next one, this is one that's that's interesting. Um, Kenny Britt, he signed with the Browns. So they lost Terrell Pryor. They get Kenny Britt. I'm sure some would argue one is better than the other. I'm not sure which side the majority is on. But the bold call for this is Britt will score more points in Cleveland this season than he did in L.A. last season. And we'll oh. use PPR. Uh, I can go first on this one because I have a feeling I know what Adam will say since uh, – <laughs> uh, just, just based on uh, who, who he's already uh, talked about metrics. So, um, oh, man, it's got to be a pretty low bar. Uh, he did have a decent year in uh, Over well, a thousand Los, yards. An- Los Angeles last year. But uh, let's see here. Cleveland, no, I don't think so. I think Cleveland's got enough other options that I don't think he's going to see, like, a tremendous increase in share. Plus, who's throwing the ball to him there? Who's their Who's their quarterback in Cleveland right now? Not, it's not really <laughs> settled right now, so that's the problem. Yeah, Euler, <laughs> yeah. Euler. Yeah. I I think they're doing everything they can to get. Did, they haven't cut Osweiler yet, right? Like he's still on the roster yep. technically. Mm-hmm. 
I think they probably told him like, don't bother get looking for an apartment or anything. There's a hotel you can stay in. Um, so it's got to be a drafted rookie quarterback we're looking at. Probably, or unless they trade for somebody. I've seen some names, but they're not great, like Geno Smith and things like <laughs> that. that. Is not, it just makes you cr- it makes option. me cringe when I say the name even. So I know he didn't have good options in L.A., but I can't, like Cleveland had to be one of the worst places for him to go. There were so many places where I think he could have done done well, yeah. um, but not Cleveland. So I'm going to go with, he will, uh, what is that, a No Way Jose? No then. Way Jose. Not a Hugh, you know, Hugh Jackson could do some some wonders. We'll see. Adam, what do you I think? I actually love Hugh Jackson. I love Hugh Jackson. So do I'm I. A Bengals, I'm a Bengals fan, so, so like I miss him. You know what he's capable of. You know it. Yep. He's good. He's good. <laughs> what do you think, yeah, Adam? So- I mean, I'm I'm so glad for so many things right now. I'm glad that John let me go second. I'm glad that he made that metrics comment because uh, <laughs> I'm going to go completely the opposite way. Uh, not from what John said, but from what John assumed. Uh, oh, no. I, I think this is no way, Jose. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are in a completely rebuilding stage. Like John pointed out, they do not know who their quarterback is yet. If they're looking at having a rookie quarterback, that will probably up the target share for Britt, which can be beneficial but I just do not see him thriving at all in that offense, really in the short term. In the long term, they have a ton of picks that they've acquired. It's kind of the talk of the town. But I just, I, as much as I like Hugh Jackson, I just, I can't see Cleveland being good. So maybe that's it. Maybe I just can't look past that. But down the road even, uh, I just, I lost a lot of hope in Kenny Britt when he got traded to the Cleveland Browns. It just... It was already rough with the Rams. There were basically only two things that could happen in free agency that would have me not being hugely all over Kenny Britton every dynasty league. One was him staying in, uh, God, I almost said St. Louis, in L.A. with the Rams, and the other was going to Cleveland. I mean, he. he I, I don't know of worse landing spots for a career, for a metrics freak, as John was alluding to before. Um, honestly, I'd like to get your guys' feedback because I, I actually traded Kenny Britt away after he uh, he got moved to Cleveland in a dynasty league, and uh, I'd love to hear your guys' takes on it because uh, in return I got back Golden Tate, and uh, I I don't know. I'd like to get some uh, feedback. What do you guys think of, of Golden Tate for Kenny Britt? They're the same age, uh, both 27, and uh, yeah, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to hear some feedback on, on that trade in dynasty. So wait, you're you're like a you are a fan of you know metrics and player profiler, right? Like, yeah. And Britt is like the golden child, isn't he? Oh yeah, I mean his <laughs> his best comparable player on player profiler is Larry Fitzgerald. I mean he's a metrics freak. <laughs> but so and you were just like ah to hell with that. I'm just gonna go ahead and trade him anyways. Well, it's I opportunity. Did... I mean opportunity means yeah. so much. And I yeah. think that that's one of the things that often goes overlooked by a lot of people who are really big into metrics. And I think that it's one thing that I think goes hugely overlooked in Dynasty. That particular Dynasty team, I, I won a championship with last year. So they are really competitive right now, which is a big reason for the trade. But at the same time, even in leagues, unless I'm completely rebuilding, you know, Kenny Britt's already 27 years old. The Browns are going to be terrible again this year. They might start getting good next year. He's going to be 28 years old before he's on a team that starts getting good. Yeah. It just doesn't look good for the trajectory of his career. And, and, and like you said, Tate has a, you know, he's in a good offense with a, you know, a good quarterback, a lot of stuff around him. So, I mean, I, you know, obviously, like you said, opportunity, 
Um, the position he's in is just a, it's a better situation all around. I mean, John, you you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. he won that trade. I'm not a big fan of one for one trades, um, just because like there's no way that both parties can then come away satisfied. Yeah, like, at some <laughs> especially, point, especially at the same like, position, right? One for one. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Exactly. the best trades, John. Exactly. What <laughs> Like at some point, somebody, I think probably the Kenny Britt buyer is going to look back and go, well, I shouldn't have traded that. Or I, <laughs> I should have at least gotten something in addition yeah. to it. Like that's, I, I definitely think you, you improved going from Britt to Tate. Good job, Adam. Good job. All I wanted was some approval guys. I, I yeah. don't care what happens now. I don't even play. I don't even care about money. I don't care about championships. I just wanted your guys' <laughs> approval. Thank you. You got virtual it. pat on the back. Good yep, job. There you go, man. Little little applause. Um, you, you have a you have a you have a jury of two, FYI. And, uh, I know I know I don't trust one of their opinions. So. <laughs> that would that make two of us. Oh, you don't trust my opinion either. No, no trust mine. <laughs> the last one I want to throw at you guys again. This is I'm throwing all the wide receivers that moved around. So the last one, the big one that I want to get out there is Deshaun Jackson. He went to the Bucks. I think it's exciting. I think everybody's excited about that. So here, here's the bold call. And, and kind of to preface it, Deshaun Jackson, at least from what the stat, site that I was looking at and the stats I was looking at, in PPR scoring, I believe he was like 38th last season, so almost 40. Um, and so the, so the bold call will be Deshaun Jackson will be a top 20 wide receiver next season with the Bucks in PPR scoring. And like I said, just for reference, he was 38th last season. Um, I think the number 20 was like Emmanuel Sanders. So you got, you know, it's the bold call if you think he can he can get in that 20 area. Okay. Uh, it's, I think it's Adam's turn to go first, so I'll, oh. I'll yield him this time. <laughs> Definitely. Go ahead and defer. Because, I mean, <laughs> 20, 20 was a really great bar to set, Neil. Um, you know, I'm going to say it's for real, Pharrell, but more because I feel extremely positively about what this is for Deshaun Jackson, what it is for the Bucks offense. That number 20 is probably like right around his ceiling, is probably like a high end number two fantasy wide receiver. So, you know, in that, you know, 15 to 20 range, I think that's probably like his his ceiling of where he could fall over the course of the season. I think, you know, still being the number two option in that offense behind Mike Evans kind of takes the ceiling off for him. That being said, it, I mean, it's huge for the Bucks offense. Jameson, or, Jameis Winston had the third most long ball attempts in the league last year, and his completion percentage on those was extremely low. And that's not because he's not a great long ball thrower. It's simply because he did not have the assets who could make those plays downfield. And Deshaun Jackson has been that guy throughout his career. Furthermore, Deshaun Jackson has lined up throughout the majority of his career on the right side of the field. Mike Evans has lined up throughout the beginning of his career on the left side, so he fits the offense well in that regard. I think that he's going to be a great field stretcher and a great option on that offense. And if he's shown us anything throughout his career, I mean, he does have this ability that when he has a successful season to really fall in that range that, that I kind of put him in, that, that 15 to 20 range. So I think that that's his ceiling. And I mean, I love what this is for the Bucks offense. And I think that he definitely has the ability to reach reach that ceiling. So John Adam thinks that that Sean Jackson top you know in, in the twenty is for real for real. Do you agree? No way, Jose. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, you know 
my my fear of it would be one injury mm-hmm. um and then support uh, a quarterback supporting two top 20 wide receivers i know it does happen like aaron rodgers he can do it he's done it plenty of times i'm pretty sure i'm not looking at stats so i'm not positive but i'm sure there were times when you know jordy and cobb both finished in the top 20 uh you mentioned that sanders did it and he you know with demarius thomas right. i assume he was probably also top 20 uh, I think the Colts probably did it uh, several, the several times. Might have did it. Might have with Crabtree and Cooper. They may have. Yeah, they might be up there. Yeah. Um, all of those, I'm trying to think who was the tight end. Who would be the tight end on all those groups? Um, I, I, I like Cameron Bray. So I, I think know. he's, I think he's there to take some, some of the target share. I don't know that. I mean, what did he, what did he does anybody have rankings in front of him? What did he finish as a tight end last year? He had to be relatively well. Yeah, I don't um, have it in front of me. Uh, Adam, do you? I'm doing my best to find it right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, as you guys are talking, but, I don't... But, but you did make a good point as far as the tight end thing. You did, make a, you, you did make a good point with the tight end thing, because I think all those tandems that you mentioned didn't really have uh, a significant tight end, did they? I don't think they did. And they also... I mean, I know the Colts did have pass-catching backs. I don't really ever think the... The Packers probably didn't really have a pass catching back. Um, I don't just thinking back. I don't really remember the Broncos as having like a pass catching back either. Yeah, right. You know, Tampa Bay does have pass catching backs. So I, I think just from the fact that there are so many other options in the offense, it would be really hard for Jameis Winston to support two top 20 receivers and all of the other options. Uh, maybe I'm completely wrong, and maybe Cameron Brait um, wasn't actually as productive as I'm remembering him to be from last year. But uh, I'm going to say no way, Jose, just because I think there's too many other mouths to feed. I think he could be close, but I, I don't think top 20 is is going to be hitting for him. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair, and I like Brait too. I don't know. Adam, do, do you have them up in front of you, the tight end rankings, or no? Uh, I, I don't have the tight end rankings, okay, but to fine. go back to the point, because uh, I, I did find now like the, the leaders from last year, and I mean, you have you have Denver, Oakland, Green Bay, uh, I believe those were the only three franchises with two wide receivers in the top 20. Actually, New England, uh, well, now New England, sorry, they had changed Brandon Cook, sorry, I overreacted, <laughs> yeah. I overreacted. Yeah. That doesn't count. So none of of those teams had standout tight ends, right? So Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Of of all those three, none of them had standout tight ends. But do you really think Cameron Braid is going to get a larger target share than Deshaun Jackson in the offense? Or do you just think it's going to be a situational thing where Braid's touchdown ability just allows him to be a bigger fantasy asset? Yeah, I don't think he's going to get – I don't think Braid will get a larger target share than uh, Deshaun Jackson – I think he'll get just a big enough one, though, to eat into, you know, that second receiver. Mike Evans, he's not losing targets. Right. Uh, Jameis Winston's still going to throw to him. Right. And so then his, then he has to basically decide where do the rest of the targets go. On an offense without the tight end, they're going to go to Deshaun Jackson. But he has a tight end option that he's kind of formed a relationship with in that first year with him. That I don't think that relationship will just disappear. I mean— Brayton was reliable for him. He's going to still go back to him at least enough, in my opinion, to prevent 
Deshaun Jackson from getting all the way to the top twenty. Yeah, that's totally fair. And like you said, they got they they, they are pretty prevalent with the receiving backs. And um, let's not act like we don't know about Adam Humphreys, guys. Don't 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 yeah. sh- don't shade don't shade on Humphreys, guys. I've got I've got him places. I picked him up <laughs> last year in some on some deep rosters. <laughs> Show love to Adam Humphreys. All right, so that's a no no way Jose. So you guys kind of split on some of these. I like that. I like to see you know you guys are not just uh, toting the line here. I like it. So. We, we got through some of the wide receivers here, the big names at least, and free agency, some, some of the bigger guys that have moved around. There's some others, but those are the ones that I had some more questions about. I do want to have a little fun with free agency for a second here, though, because we keep talking about these guys and what they're going to do and, and where they're going to, you know, what's, what's going to happen when they go to these new teams compared to their old teams. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, when these guys change teams, a lot of times you say the grass is always greener on the other side, right? So they think, we always think they're going into a better situation. They think they're going into a better situation always as well, typically. Um, so I wanted to have a little fun with this. If, you know, all of us, me, you, me, John, Adam, we all can give one guy that we think has signed somewhere. It could be offense or defense. Um, that the grass is actually going to be greener for him on the other side, and then one where it's not, where what what you know what they perceive or what people are perceiving maybe is not going to be as great as it sounds. Um, I don't know if anyone particularly wants to start with this. We may have some of the same guys even, so I don't know if we have backup options or not. <laughs> but <laughs> whoever wants us, does anyone particularly want to start, or I'll just go first. Go first. Fire okay. away. It's your your show. Go All right, I'll go first. Yes, I'll, I'll go first. All right. Well, the one guy that I think is interesting. I'm not going to bust out all kinds of crazy metrics and stuff because they're out there already. Um, but it's interesting. He just signed today. He's a running back, and I know nobody likes running backs that go to this offense. But tell me, you guys aren't intrigued by Rex Burkhead going to the Patriots? Oh I, dear. I think the grass is greener. Did I take your guy? No, everybody, every free agent to New England, right? Yeah, but if I took your guy, I can change it. Just let no, me know. no, no, no. You, okay. You, okay. You, no, no, no. You did not take my guy. Okay, good. And now, you know, it's like just for me, it's like, okay, he wasn't a big name last year, obviously. He ended the season, the last game of the year, surprisingly crazy well. He had like 27 carries, two touchdowns, I believe. He kind of went off. It was odd. Um, so it's like just for me, it's just one of those things where – I keep doing homework on him or like looking more into him. And every time I look into him, like I keep seeing things where I'm like, okay, maybe this really is a real thing. Like maybe this can really work in new England. And it's like, I hate the running back situation in new England. I always hate it. I hate the wide receiver situation. I hate everything, but I can't help but think like there's always something intriguing about these guys. Um, and like I said, the more I look into him, the more I like him. And typically the more I know about somebody, I dislike them. But in this case, I'm like, I like this guy. I like him more and more. So that's why I think the grass is going to be greener for Neil, I too love white running backs. <laughs> <laughs> They're a dying breed, my friend. I know. I was so happy with that signing. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I think that uh, I think you've got you know you've got some good ideas there. I mean, ultimately, I think the you know the Patriots' backfield is the place that everybody just jokingly shies away from year after year. But as we saw last year with Blunt, and as we've seen almost every year over the last five years there is someone who is going to come out of the Patriots backfield who is going to be an outstanding fantasy option and more likely than not if you draft him you're going to be getting him at a value so that guy could be Rex Burkhead I'll be interested to see where he actually does start going in fantasy drafts but uh but yeah I mean he he's somebody I'm excited about so so I think and before we leave him before we go to you guys and who you like on the other you know grass is greener for with Rex Burkhead do either one of you think that he is going to like assume Blunt's role or like production wise like carry wise and stuff or do you think that's not what he's there for 
I, I don't know. Why, I don't know why he's there. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, they have so many. They have so many options, and I've said it before that I don't ever want to try and get inside the mind of Bill Belichick because I I can't begin to fathom what he's thinking. He's a genius, but I don't want to. Like I don't know why they would have to bring in Rex Burkhead. They've got so many other options there that it you're, seems like you're, anybody you were fine they with them rolling Lewis and White basically. Yeah, anybody they put in there yeah. seems to do well. Like why why bother? Like who was the there was some guy God who was it that scored like four touchdowns and then was basically never heard of again? Um, Bolden was uh, a year or two ago. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Uh, was it Bolden or? Um... <sighs> Trying to think of their other run yeah. left. You know, like you oh, said, they keep cycling them in and out. Yeah, I mean, they can they can put so many people back there that I I I'll shy away from Rex Burkhead. I'll let other people spend you know auction dollars and draft picks on him because yeah, maybe you're going to get like three great games out of him this year. Good luck knowing um, when he is going to be the when he's going to be the feature back. I it's a it's a running it's a running backfield that I just I don't want a part of. Too confusing. So, since you don't want no part of Rex, John, who do you think the grass is greener for? Brandon Marshall. Nice. Uh, I know he is Jonas Gray. That's it. I looked oh. it up. Jonas oh, Gray. Yeah, I remember Jonas. The New England running back. Yep. Remember that? Yes, I do. Oh, God, that doesn't see. How long ago was that? We should. We shouldn't have forgotten about that. It doesn't. That that's what fun. happens when you miss a Belichick practice, guys. You just get forgotten about forever. You remember that? He had like 200 yards, four touchdowns in one game. And then didn't he go to the Dolphins? He, and then he got like cut yeah. the next week or something. Then he went to the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah they're like, we're done. But, so, uh, odd. Right, so, so odd. So Brandon Marshall, um, he's going from the Jets throwing, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, okay. And now he at least gets Eli Manning, who I know a lot of people <laughs> don't really like Eli Manning, but he's still a pretty good quarterback. He's he's going to get him the ball. Brandon Marshall is not going to face heavy coverage. I mean, if you're the defensive coordinator deciding, okay, do we want to guard Brandon Marshall or this other guy over on the other side of the field? Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to shake coverage to OBJ, which Brandon Marshall should just have – he should have a great year. Like – Granted, he's getting old and it might be his final year. But if all we're looking for is, you know, just a guy that is moving into a much better situation, I love his situation. I don't want him in Dynasty just because he's not a long-term solution for your Dynasty team. Right. But uh, but as far as a guy that might have a really good year, I, I like his new situation for him. Yeah, that's pretty much hard to argue it. I mean, I can't see any negative side to that. I mean... Like you said, there are some Eli detractors, guys that don't like him, but it's not anything you can knock Marshall for, you know? Could if he if he would have stayed on the Jets, that grass isn't like just less green. <laughs> that grass is like concrete pavement, probably. <laughs> I, like I mean, that could that situation in the New York, uh, you know, the Jets be any worse right now? Like I I don't no. see anybody really wanting to go play there. So no way. Switching locker rooms, I think, is going to do a lot a lot of good for him. That's fair. You probably have a better guy than I did. Adam, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, really quick, just to touch on what John was saying, I, I think that that's an awesome call as well. I like both your guys' calls so far. I think the idea that, uh, you know, OBJ is going to pull coverage his way and free up things for Brandon Marshall could be gigantic. I mean, I don't feel like Marshall's lost a step from from what I've watched. And honestly, 
being on better teams, he seems to kind of play up rather than play down. Really, my biggest concern with him is going to be Eli. I mean, Eli looked like a wreck last year, and I'm just curious if he starts performing you know, poorly again this season, how much that makes Brandon Marshall just kind of not care. I mean, he's a guy at the end of his career. Ultimately, you know, he could get frustrated. He Not care was probably the, you know, not the right way to put that, but not perform up to his, you know, obvious capabilities. Right. Because if, if it's anything like the relationship that ended with Jay Cutler, I could see it getting really negative really quick. And, you know, Marshall has had a history throughout his career of, you know, kind of getting in arguments back and forth with his quarterbacks. And I just, I don't see Eli being able to take that. And you've already seen the frustration in that locker room that OBJ has. My biggest concern there is going to be the frustration that bleeds over when you have both those personalities. You have OBJ, you have Brandon Marshall, and you have a quarterback in Eli Manning who does not seem like somebody who just jives super well with other personalities. So ultimately, there's a lot of potential upside there. I like the idea behind it, but I'm really concerned about how those personalities are going to coincide. So so you're saying you do think the grass is greener, but there might be like some piles of dog shit or something in there that keep <laughs> They're yeah, just, Eli, it's just Eli Manning piles of dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> there, could, there, could, there could be some day ruiners in there somewhere, but you think the grass is greener? Oh, it's gonna, but it's still even even with the personalities. Like that first year, you know, they they can get through things in that first year, right? Like it'll be new and fun. Maybe by week ten, they might hate each other. You know, be yeah. a little too big for the locker room. But early on early on everybody likes each other right <laughs> yes yes i mean i started hating adam about like four episodes in or something not too far but... <laughs> keep him around oh, it, though he it, you know we keep com- him around because he produces back, yeah he produces <laughs> he produces we keep him around you know that's like marshall so it'll work it'll be fine the grass is greener there who do you got adam so we can knock him down <laughs> yeah now that I, now that i know that i'm a, a personality issue in the locker room <laughs> for, for the black community sorry John. Uh, yeah, so uh, honestly, it, it's really hard for me because a lot of the guys that we've talked about so far, I like their opportunities, and both of the guys that you brought up, I really like their opportunities. So I hate to kind of track backwards, but I, I really do, because the, the signing that got me the most excited as far as what it's going to do for them as an individual was Terrell Pryor heading to the Redskins, because I ultimately feel like Kirk Cousins showed last year that he can be an extremely efficient quarterback, and they also have an offense that's set up to throw far more than it's going to run, and I just think that Terrell Pryor moving into that offense is going to become the number one target, and depending on the perception of people in dynasty leagues and the outside perception from a fantasy perspective, I I think he's the kind of guy that you, you test the market on a lot because if you're someone like John, granted, I don't really get the perception that, John, you own prior in any Dynasty Leagues, but if you do, you're probably looking to move on from him if there's someone who's excited about that opportunity. So, Given the chance, if I had it, if I had him, oh, I'd cash out in a heartbeat. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I 
I got to go check on the Fantasy Philanthropist League and check and see, but I'm pretty sure you don't know that. But if you did, I'd be throwing oh, that's, it your way. That's, that's right. We are in that league together. I don't know. Maybe I, I, that's, a, that's an orphan, so I don't know my I, roster I, from, I, uh, top I, to bottom. If I have him, actually, I love him if I have him, to tell you the truth. <laughs> He's actually my favorite player ever. Uh-huh. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Uh, but, yeah, so um, ultimately I just feel like he's one of the only signings, if not the only signing, besides maybe Alshon Jeffrey, who's walking into a role that is set up prime to be the number one option in an offense. And to me, he's an emerging player. He's kind of hitting that age apex. He has had this interesting development from a quarterback to wide receiver perspective. But like I stated before, my biggest concern with him moving franchises was going to be the target share. And I think he's walking into a position where he could get the load of the target share. There's a lot of factors that go into that. A big one's going to be Jordan Reed's health. But as we've seen, Jordan Reed does not really have that ability to stay on the field consistently and those concussions are super scary so if he has a situation where he misses time again you basically are looking at an offense that's comprised of Pryor and Crowder and it's a pass first offense I think it's huge for both those guys but I'm extremely excited for what it could be for Pryor don't forget about Doxon don't forget about Doxon you're not getting true yeah it's true don't forget about him. But I'm not going to poo-poo it, man, because, you know, I like Terrell Pryor. When, last season when he started to emerge, you know, I was a big fan of him. So I won't knock him. I'm surprised you chose him, but I won't knock him. Um, John, you want to knock him at all or you want to just let him slide? No, I'm busy trying to get Terrell Pryor from Jason Tran in that league <laughs> so that I can flip him. So I can flip him to Adam. <laughs> Smart move. Thinking ahead. I like that. And th- that's multitasking right there. I love it. I'm messaging Jason right now. <laughs> multitasking. All right, so we'll move oh, over. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at his roster right now. It's on Jason Tran's <laughs> roster. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I can really pull this off right now. <laughs> well, we'll move over to the guys that we think the grass isn't greener for on the other side. I didn't have anybody that I really wanted to slam here. Um, I know there's some obvious candidates that some guys really don't like. Um, I'll, I'll just start off with the guy that I'm actually disappointed because he stayed with his team, which is um, Kenny Stills. For some small reason, I feel like, you know, if he went somewhere like San Francisco or something, that he could have really, you know, got more of an opportunity. And it just bores me in Miami. It just doesn't excite me. I I feel like he flashed there, but it's just like, I don't know. There's something about it where I just, I felt good about him if he was going to go somewhere different. San Fran, somewhere where more opportunities would be given to him. I just don't like him there because Parker's there. I feel like they focus with Parker. Obviously, he's the young, you know, young early draft pick. And um, Landry and I was just I just thought Kenny Stills had more more potential somewhere else I could be crazy I could be totally crazy but I just feel like I wanted him to go somewhere else like for instance I think Pierre Garcon is in a good situation in San Francisco now I actually think he's not irrelevant in San Francisco and I feel like if Kenny Stills was there I would have been even more excited especially in like a dynasty or something so I'm gonna go with with Kenny Stills just pissing me off for staying in Miami Kenny Stills doesn't shake doesn't really move the needle for me either way um I mean, he's a nice guy to have on your team, but I don't ever see him as a guy that like is going to be an every week start. Um, so he's just not somebody that I didn't really have high hopes for him if he went somewhere. And I think he kind of stays the same as what he's always been in Miami. So, I mean, I guess if you were hopeful that he was going to go somewhere and really, you know, jump up, then that'd be great. But uh, so I'm in some deep dynasties, man. I, you know, I'm, yeah. I start well wishing oh, a little no, bit. He, I start well wishing a little bit. Yeah, he's rostered. He's rostered <laughs> everywhere. Uh, he's not a free agent 
level player, but uh, I don't ever think he was going to get like a huge right. jump. I mean, I where, where could he have, where could he have gone? I mean, say he did go to the Patriots instead of cooks, like would he, you think he would have a huge, huge jump in his value? Um, I don't know, man. I think he, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. <laughs> I mean, I just like stills a little more. I just, I don't know. I see him flash here and there and make some big plays. And I'm like, I just think that he could do it more if he was somewhere else. But I mean, they invested in him. So why yeah. couldn't he make that same jump on the yeah, team that he's in true. right now? Like, they clearly like him enough. They don't want him getting away. So, I mean, by that theory, I, you know, he's just as likely to make the jump in Miami as he, as he would be if he went somewhere else where he was, you know, brought in because he was so wanted. I mean, they kept him because they wanted him. All right, damn it, Mike Glennon. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, you're right, you're right. You know, I just, I don't know. I was excited about him going somewhere else. I don't know. I don't know. It's all right. Change, you change is all change grass the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you have, John? Who you got who you got on your mind here? Who are you unhappy about? I have to go back to Kenny Britt. Um, just because of the reasons we talked about. He's the one that I really I really think the grass is just not greener. Uh, I mean I just I think he had an opportunity to go somewhere where he could have gotten had a had a better showing. Uh he probably he wouldn't have made as much money, so I don't fault him for going and signing the deal that he got in Cleveland, but I think he could have gone somewhere where he could have been featured in a solid productive offense um, and just had had a lot higher upside. I think that's unfortunately brought way down playing in Cleveland. We already covered that. Yeah. He's the player that I really think is just, that's just a bad move. Yeah. The only thing I, I do like about Kenny Britt was, and he could just be saying this, maybe I don't know if he really just wanted the money or whatever, but I liked his open attitude towards the challenge of kind of building something in Cleveland. Again, I don't know if that was just something he said because, you know, he wanted that the money. Challenge was, uh, that same challenge was present on his current team. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, And they've actually, they made some strides on their, you know, offensive line. And they have a pretty decent running back. Like, they they have some weapons that, uh, maybe unless you're a big, huge Isaiah Crowell or Duke Johnson fan, but I don't put them on the same level as Todd Gurley. Oh, so. no, no, no. I, I think L.A. had a chance to have some weapons. Yeah, for sure. And I know, obviously, Adam, you agree that Kenny Britt um, probably didn't help himself going there because you just <laughs> traded him. Um, <laughs> who, who do you have on this, man? Yeah, I mean, this was this is a hard question for me just because I I more feel like it's not so much as the grass is not greener for the you know free agents who got moved, but there's a lot of situations where free agents went where guys who are on those teams kind of took a step back. Um, but kind of staying true to the question, probably the one guy who um, I was excited for at first, but then immediately after some more news came out, got really less excited for was Torrey Smith going to the Eagles. Um, it seemed like it could be a better fit before Alshon was also going there, um, just from him as an individual's perspective. Um with a young quarterbacks, you know, having the ability to stretch the field. Toy Smith's always a guy who has kind of excited me from a metric standpoint, but it never really lived up to that ability. And honestly, I thought there was the potential that he could kind of go back to the days when he was with Flacco and be able to post numbers that are in the, you know, top 25. But now with Alshon there as well, I think there's just too many options. He's going to get such a low target share in that offense that it's it's really not going to be a good fit for him. It's just going to be a place for him to kind of coast through the rest of his career. We don't like coasters, man. <laughs> we don't like these guys who coast. 
We don't like coasters. You know, we we didn't we didn't talk about any running backs. Like not in the we just haven't hit running back really at all. Have we talked about any of them? And well, there well, there that, have been some pretty significant ones that are going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I mean, just just hey, let's go off track for a second here. <laughs> we we finished that second, <laughs> we finished that those questions anyway there. Eddie Lacey, that's the one that interests me the most. It just happened, right? It happened today. I don't know when you're listening to this, but it happened today in my world. And mine too, by the way. Yeah, I hope it happened in all of ours today. Um, but still, it just—I don't know. Am I the only one really questioning this? I don't know how it affects the other running backs. I don't know why. You know, I guess I was kind of okay. I, I'm a big Rawls guy. Obviously, injuries uh, take that away from him. But you know, I just felt like Rawls and Procise together, you know, could, could or, you know, would be fine together. I don't see the need for Eddie Lacy. Do you think it was just they don't question they question Rawls's health or they question his ability? Um, what, what do you think is going to happen here? That, that's the guy that, that bothers me the most as far as running backs, because a lot of the other running backs haven't signed, at least since I last checked, Murray hasn't signed AP Charles. Um, he's like the bigger name that's like in, you know, concerning me, like what's the, what's the deal with the situation? Uh, I'm not sure like why they would bring him in. I agree with you. I think Rawls and Procise could have coexisted peacefully and complemented each other. Uh, I mean, they, they do kind of separate things. And they, they could have easily both had a nice place on the field. Uh, everybody would kind of know what the roles are. Bringing in some 400-pound running back, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, unless it's a – maybe it's an extremely incentive-laden deal to the point where, like, Seattle just has no risk. I, I, don't, I haven't read the details of the contract, but, like, I don't understand it. Why would they do it? And the only way they should do it is if – all right, you have to be extremely good to get a lot of money. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, you're basically we're just going to cut you. Yeah. Like, I mean, if he's extremely cuttable, then I can see it because maybe Rawls isn't actually on track uh, health wise. You know, maybe maybe they are worried about that. If I were a Rawls owner, uh, I would be nervous. That yeah. like that that was my reaction to it because I don't think he replaces Procise at all. No. Like they do they do different things. Exactly. But, and, and and super interesting that he gets signed before guys like AP and Charles No and, and Murray. I mean, do you guys think that's odd too or no? No, I don't think it's odd because it does fit that role there. I mean, they are looking for what Thomas Rawls is at his best, which is also what A. Lacey has been at his best. And I think that John was probably right on with that idea that there's that potential for injury, and if it is something that's lingering, they probably just wanted to bring in another talented back who they thought could handle the load there. You know, Procise does do very different things in that offense, and I think that he's still going to be an exciting asset, but he just wasn't going to be an every-down back. And ultimately, I think that they want to be able to use multiple backs, but they have that philosophy there of being able to be a hard-nosed running team. So, you know, they want to get back to that Marshawn Lynch kind of style of offense. And I think Eddie Lacy may suit better those needs than Thomas Rawls does, especially if he's still struggling with injury. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I like the fit um, for Eddie Lacy. I, I don't really know if it's going to pan out in the long run because it's going to be a big matter of health, both for Rawls and for Lacy. I right. mean, that's probably going to be a backfield where, you know, having somebody like Rawls might even be beneficial in fantasy because you'll be able to get him so late in drafts that he'll probably go undrafted even. And if Lacey does get injured or just continues being fat Eddie Lacey and just doesn't do anything, then 
there's huge potential for Rawls to be able to re- usurp that role back. I don't, I don't think it's going to be something that's locked in as soon as Lacey gets there. For sure. So you said you're a Rawls guy. Let me ask you this. Like, uh, if you have him in Dynasty, what would you what would you cash out on him for? If you're if you're nervous at all about about him, what would you take for him? Okay. And I get the feeling that I get the feeling that Rawls owners aren't going to sell for what his price now is. Right. That they're just going to let him die on the roster um, because they're you know cashing out is always scary because yeah, you yeah. know you're cashing out. Definitely. Uh, I mean, in, in one of my favorite dynasties, I'm going to be honest. I traded him before this happened. Um, even as much as I like him, I was kind of in a situation where I had more running backs and I needed wide receivers, and I actually took a gamble and traded him for Martavis Bryant. So. You know, a situation like that where if you can get someone else who's a risk, but at least one that maybe you have more faith in, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if Martavis Bryant comes back and he does stay on track, um, he could, you know, do a lot of good things. And with Rawls right now in his situation, you don't think that. I don't know if anybody would do that now after this fact, um, but I would probably try to find some kind of risky player, you know, to go for rather than just a straight up trade where I'm trading him for somebody that I just don't care for at all just to get rid of him. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't just trade him just to get rid of him at this point. I would only do it if I'm getting, you know, some sort of gamble back or something. Um, but I wouldn't just trade them straight up. I mean, I guess you could do it for picks even. I don't know. I don't know. If it, I don't know. Like at this point, like you said, the market's going to probably go dry on him, but I was yeah, a big I, believer. I, actually, I was a big believer I, though. I actually, I actually like your trade there. That's, I mean, you're from your standpoint of, you know, I'm willing to take the risk because the ceiling for Martavis Bryant is sky high. Right. The ceiling for Rawls is capped. Yep. Now, of course the floor <laughs> for Martavis Bryant is, like see you negative it, it's, neg- <laughs> it's below zero because not only could he possibly not get you points like you can't just cut him and you can't give him away like so he costs you a roster spot i have him sitting on so many rosters that he's just taken up a spot and i got him for cheap when he got suspended because i was like hey i'll i don't care i'll stash him at the end of my bench but right then the whole season i was like god i wish i had one more spot <laughs> but i can't get rid of him so the the floor for him is He's a, he's a he is a boom or bust, but that's yeah. At the time, gotta, I fe- at the time chance. I felt like I paid up for him, but now I feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You should feel amazing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Those are the type of trades that like I don't even understand how they happen. How does anyone having Martavius Bryant go like you know I've been holding on to this guy who's suspended, but let me give him up now for I don't know Thomas Rawls. He yeah, could just play like, like that... six good games next year. It's just, it blows my mind. I mean, it just blows blows my mind that people make moves like that. But that's why Dynasty is fun because yeah. you make a lot. Of yeah, he was fun. running back, heavy, hungry. I was wide receiver, hungry. We both felt there was a little bit of a risk there, but I guess you know Rawls came back at the end of the year a little bit healthier, so I guess he was oh, taking it was, a chance. Okay, I thought you were saying it was during the off season. So no. if it was during last, well, no, year, no, I think I think it was like right. It might have been in the Super Bowl area, or it was still during the season, like towards the end of the season, or right right when it ended or something. It was pretty close though. Okay. Yeah. So maybe he was excited so, about him still. That was actually a big risk on your part. Yeah. Because that's what I felt like. I mean, like there wasn't not that there's really been a lot of news at all on Martavis Bryant, but no news is good news, and the longer period of time of no news is is just better and better. But back then, it was not a sure thing. It still not a sure thing, but I mean, yeah, I, back I, then it. Yeah, I forget. I forget exactly when the deal happened, but I know. 
you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm just, uh, you know, giving these guys second chances and I believe in that kind of stuff, third chances, fourth chances, whatever it is. But <laughs> I'm the kind of guy who rosters Josh Gordon, Martavis Bryant, you know, all these guys, guys who like Amir Abdullah who gets hurt all the time and stuff. I like roster these guys and I'm like, OK, you know, if I can get them at a decent price and these guys actually work out. These are lottery tickets to me. You know, I just kind of take the chance on it. I'm that guy. So how just ha- dare you besmirch Amir Abdullah? No, I'm just saying, like, you know, he's always hurt. And no, this. you're not just saying. You, you listed Josh Gordon, Martavius Bryant, and Amir Abdullah. I'm not guy saying, Adam, I'm not saying they're the same guy. I'm just saying these risky players. Like, I'm sitting on risky I, guys, I, you know. I'm just giving you a hard time, man. Yeah. I know, I know. I feel really I, good about Amir Abdullah this year. And listen, I'm a Josh Gordon believer, I'm too, man. Yeah, I mean, if we're staying on the running backs, I, I absolutely love what they did with the offensive line in, in uh, Detroit. They're really building for Amir Abdullah, it seems like. Now watch, they're going to go and draft a running back. Exactly. That happens anytime I get excited <laughs> about a situation. But, I mean, as listeners of this podcast know, I've been a huge Amir Abdullah fan, and I'm really, really excited to see if he can be healthy again in this season with even a better offensive line than they had last year. I mean, Going into last season, I was stoked for what Amir Abdullah's potential was. I owned him in a lot of places, and when he got injured, I was really devastated from a fantasy perspective. But ultimately, I think that uh, if he's the lead back there this year and they have those monsters on the offensive line, I mean, it's crazy what they've done there. They literally, over the course of two seasons, have supplemented like supplanted an entirely new offensive line in there. None of the five starters from the beginning of the 2015 season are going to be there in 2017. And that's just a huge turnover. And I'm really excited to see how that can benefit Amir Abdullah. Um, Just from a fantasy perspective, I think that he's a guy who probably is going to go overlooked. Maybe it's going to change. Perception will change as we get closer to the season. But I'm hoping he's a guy that gets overlooked in drafts because he's somebody who I'm really excited about his opportunity. Depends on if he has one good preseason run or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so where, much. That's where it all started. One good run. It was. <laughs> it was literally one good run. Everybody's like, "Oh, this guy's gonna be good." <laughs> so we'll see. So while we still have running backs on the mind, there is one running back who I'm really curious to get some outside opinion on because at first I heard this move and I was like, I don't really know if I if I care. But as I've thought about it more, it's one I'm really excited about, and that's Danny Woodhead going to Baltimore. I uh, oh. At first, I was really nervous because I like Kenneth Dixon. Uh, I currently don't own him anywhere, but he's a guy I've been a fan of. I thought that he'd be able to you know, take on that, that role. But man, with Danny Woodhead going there, I, I think it's fantastic. And the biggest thing, the biggest reason I love it and just almost over the top love it. Like right now I can see him having top 15 running back potential in PPR leagues right now. They don't have anyone added to that offense from a receiving perspective. That means you have Mike Wallace and you have Rashad Perriman and then Danny Woodhead. And he's going to be the third option on that offense with young or a young receiver in front of him and Mike Wallace, who showed last year, I mean, he's still got a lot left in the tank, but ultimately there's going to be a ton of targets available for Danny Woodhead. And I'm super, super excited if they don't go out and get like draft a ton of rookies or um, still late in free agency, make some sort of moves. I, I just don't see it happening. I think that it's going to be, a prime position for him to really be a, a huge target option in that offense and, and have just dramatic upside. 
Yeah, and you got Dixon out for the first four games, suspended too. So, yeah, that's yeah. another huge factor. <laughs> Lots of stuff. Yeah, I, I've always liked Danny Woodhead. He's a guy that I've, I've always targeted like the Danny Woodhead, Theo Riddick type running back in PPR leagues, and I think it's huge that he's in Baltimore. You're right on, Adam. I mean, he should get just a ton of targets, and in PPR, that's all that matters. I mean, honest that's to God, it. it doesn't really matter if he does a lot with them. If he catches six balls a game and puts up, you know, what 40 yards on those, that's a startable running back. Like at a price that you're just uh, he is always cheap. Yeah. Nobody ever takes him ever. early nope. anywhere. No. Nope. He finished like number three or four or something uh what, a couple years ago, didn't he? Like in, in PPR standings, he was way up yeah, there. Yeah, he was I forget exactly where he landed, but he was super high in PPR. And again, and again, like you said, he gets no credit. No one ever still, you know, no one trumps him up. No one goes crazy about him. He just, he just falls where he falls. Yeah, and even if they, I mean, they're they're definitely a candidate to draft a running back. Even if they do, though, like he has survived in backfields before with other running backs being the spotlight running back. Right. Yeah, he's always done it. And to be interesting, but like you said, it's a, it's a big opportunity, especially with Dixon out those first four games and, you know, a chance to really establish himself. So hopefully, as long as he's bounced back from that injury all the way, it should be uh, should be money in the bank. Any other running backs we should talk about really quick before <laughs> we go over to foul or no foul? Does anybody have any thoughts on on the running backs who are still out there? You know, AP. We've got Jamal Charles. Yeah, we've I got have thoughts. Huge, I wish they would sign names. somewhere. That's my thought. <laughs> I wish they would sign. I, I just I think it's so telling of what the NFL has become now. Like they're realizing these are not guys you spend money on. You know, this draft is rich with running back talent. There's a lot of younger guys who you can go after in free agency who you don't have to pay as much. Yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see what type of contracts they even sign, and you know how long it takes for them even to get signed. I mean, it it's really interesting. I, I'm I'm very uh intrigued at the evolution of the league and how guys like that are just they're phased out yep yeah man they're getting phased out i actually have a foul or no foul that kind of pertains to some of them still so maybe we can get, <laughs> right. maybe we can get to it there <laughs> I'll, I'll simmer down now. yeah <laughs> so we'll move over to foul or no foul which is my favorite segment of the show for those who don't know, new listeners, anyone new because they want to hear John's awesome voice talk about fantasy football and they haven't listened ever before, welcome to the show. <laughs> foul or no foul is basically a segment where I will give statements. Um, these are, again, sometimes they're sent in, sometimes they're just things I read in the news, anything. And they're not always pertaining to fantasy football. Um, and if you agree with the statement, then it's a no foul. There's no foul in the play. It's, it's a good statement. If you disagree with the statement, it's a foul. Um, and so we're going to go ahead and do that. Are, are you, are you, are you guys both ready for this? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll start right off. You said people might tune in to listen to me talk about fantasy football. Uh, that's foul. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I, did I do that right? You, that means you, that. Well, yeah, you did it right. And, and you're, yeah, I mean, I disagree with you, but you did it right. <laughs> go on. All right. Let's so, get rolling. Let's do this, guys. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. First foul or no foul statement. All right. So this one is not pertaining to fantasy football. Um, According to SpaceX, which you guys know is the private uh, rocket-making company uh, funded by Elon Musk, um, basically in late 2018, they are saying that they will fly two tourists around the moon. 
foul or no foul to the idea of tourists getting in a rocket and flying around the moon? I'll start. I'll go um, no foul. I, I would love to see this happen. <laughs> I mean, what do you, who do you think? Who, think back to the like, hey, I'm going to jump out of a plane and then this huge thing over top of me is going to carry me down to the ground. Like somebody probably thought, well, that's a terrible idea. I'm going to jump off this bridge strapped to a rubber band. Yeah. Somebody probably thought that was a bad idea. But those things seem like so much fun. So um, why wouldn't you want to take a, a tour around the moon? That would be awesome. So, John, let me ask you, would you be one of the first tourists in, in the end of 2018 to fly around the moon? Uh, I'm not going to be able to afford it. But, but you'd be down want, for it. If they want me to test it, sure. Uh, send Send me up there. I mean, worse comes to worse. What happens? I, I I don't make it back. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure at least then I've set up several people for a while. But they're <laughs> not gonna they're not gonna do that. I mean, the PR alone would not be worth that risk. So I would feel fairly comfortable that we've put people up there before. That that technology obviously exists. You know, I don't think that moon landing was faked or anything like that. So. <laughs> I don't see why a private company couldn't send somebody up there and do just as good of a job. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm a big supporter of SpaceX and Elon Musk and everything they're doing. So I agree with you, man. It's awesome if it happens. I wouldn't be the first one on that thing. I, I wouldn't take that risk, but I like your outlook on it, man. Adam, are you as uh, are you as uh, anxious to get in the, fly around the moon as a tourist? I mean, I'll, I'll say no foul as far as them doing it. Like, be my <laughs> guess. But, uh, yeah, as far as them, you know, actually doing this, I mean... <laughs> What, what we don't realize, like, I, I'm 28 in my entire lifetime. This is something NASA has never done. They haven't done it in over 40 years. So to think that this is something that hasn't occurred in over 40 years, it, I mean, it, to me, it raises a hell of a lot of questions. I mean, you're talking <laughs> yeah. about, well, first of all, I'm curious, like, is it going to be like the initial Apollo missions? Are they going to do non-manned <laughs> aircraft? Like, what is their plan to ramp up to this? Because ultimately... If you're planning on putting people on a spaceship and taking them to the moon, like it, it should still sound outlandish. Just yeah. because we've done it, it's not like flying airplanes. It's not like something that we do every single day that's become a norm. This is something that hasn't occurred in over 40 years. And I think that this perception that you know Elon Musk is just this – I mean – I don't even know how to describe him other than a wizard. I mean, really, like <laughs> Tony he's Stark, a man. wizard of real life. Yeah, he's the Tony Stark of our reality. And ultimately, like, I don't really know what there is that he can't conceive of doing. So I don't really know what there is that he can't do. That being said, I, to, you're, you're going to want to see some practice I feel runs. I, I feel super hesitant about it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I you feel you want to see some practice runs happen before you do it. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some unmanned practice runs, that is. Yeah. Right. yeah so you wait, you wait till it's a guarantee, but it's going to cost you like, I don't know, however many millions of dollars they're going to end up charging for for the people that are already, you know, they want that assurance to go along with them. Yeah. I, I want to say the article I read said like $250,000 for the two people who pay to do it or something. I forget. Oh, well, that seems like a discount. Yeah, it's kind of not that bad, but, you know, just, you know. <laughs> Let me somebody... just go over to my junk drawer here and get that on out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, I thought that was interesting, guys. The next one. This is the, the one I was trying to get Adam to hold off on because I wanted to ask this. And so Eddie Lacy will have a better fantasy season than both Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles. Foul or no foul? 
All right, I'll jump in. Uh, I think that's no foul. I, I do think that that's going to be the reality. Uh, like I kind of alluded to before, I mean, I feel like the market has changed so much from an NFL perspective. I'm getting the impression that Jamal Charles is not entirely healthy. Um, I mean, last year was extremely rough for him. And as far as AP goes, I mean, you know, I don't think anybody's going to want to pay him what he thinks he's worth. So he's going to end up taking some small deal and running out the last legs of his career on who knows what franchise. For, for, argu- for argument's sakes, if AP signed with the Raiders for one year, who would you rather have, Eddie Lacy or AP, for that one year? <sighs> that makes it really tough because the Raiders are a team that's in contention right now. Right. And I think that that's the best-case scenario for someone like AP or Jamal Charles is that they go to a franchise that's in contention right away. With the great O-line Honest, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of positives with a team like Oakland. I mean, that's, that's kind of like Ezekiel Elliott going to Dallas. Like, you know, we Except can 20 look years back later. Well, yeah, but we can look back. The, the reason I bring that up is because we can look back and see that Dallas's O-line was in a position that, you know, maybe if not Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm pretty sure if Derrick Henry went there, he would have been just as successful. And I'm not sure how far down the line you can go in that draft class without getting a successful running back. That's kind of how I feel about Oakland as far as, like, they can probably be successful in their running game with a lot of different running backs getting applied there. So that would be the best fit. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say best fit. That would be the best opportunity for either of them. Um, but still, from an age perspective, I, ju- I just don't like it. And uh, I'd be more excited about Jamal Charles, especially in an opportunity like that. But I think that Eddie Lacy is probably the safer bet there. And with having a team that has already invested in him, when there's a lot of other free agents on the market, it makes me feel like the Seahawks, A, they have this invested interest in him succeeding, and B, they kind of have an offense that, even though Russell Wilson opened up and was passing more, they, they have that philosophy where they want to run, and I think that, that Lacey has that opportunity to be more successful. That's fair. John, do you agree, no foul, that Eddie Lacey will have a better fantasy season than both those guys? So you're asking me if Eddie Lacy, <laughs> Eddie Lacy, yes. just, just, yes, just, sir. To put a, All 267 put vis- pounds of them. Exactly. Put a visual in your mind of Eddie Lacy standing next to Adrian Peterson. Just look at these guys. I got the which visual. One do you th- which one do you think can actually, uh, which one's getting off the bus first? Adrian Peterson. Now granted the guy that gets off the bus first, maybe he's only there for the muscles, but I'm saying that because like, Eddie Lacy's getting off last because he's winded from oh, wait, walking wait. from the Where back of the bus. Where is this bus parked? You didn't, you didn't give me enough details. Are we in front of a Chinese restaurant? Like, let me know the details before you're just gonna say that AP's getting off. Listen, the bus. Eddie Lacy was Eddie Lacy was hurdling <laughs> some fools last year before he got hurt. He was hurdling them. If it was a Chinese food re- restaurant, you're right. Then Eddie Lacy probably piles over uh, Adrian Peterson <laughs> to get to get off the bus first. I have, I just, I have that little faith in Eddie Lacy. Like, I can't believe he is that out of shape. Like, this is your job. Like, just get in shape once. I mean, I'm not in great shape, but if somebody told me, like, hey, millions of dollars are on the line, lose some weight in the next month, and you're going to get millions of dollars, like, that's doable. So I just, somebody that can't make that kind of a commitment to it, 
I have a lot more faith in Adrian Peterson maybe signing in like the one I've said that I would be my dream is Oakland would be great, but I would love to see him go to Green Bay and just have an absolute FU Minnesota season. <laughs> like to me, he's got that kind of personality. Like where he yeah. would if he's running pissed off, I mean he's got to be getting more pissed by the day that he's not getting signed. So yeah, he's he's eventually gonna have to take a deal that's probably not gonna make him financially happy. But if he takes that out on the field, I would love to see what he does when he's running angry. Like I I just I I think he has a better season. Jamal Charles is he's the wild card. Right, we, we don't want AP uh, to might, get, we don't want AP to get too angry. We he's, he's running some trouble yeah, doing that. I don't, We've seen him do get into yeah, trouble. That's, that's why I said take <laughs> it out on the field. Take yeah. it out on the field. On the field, not yeah, off the field. Yeah. And Jamal Charles, I mean, I I'm a little I'm a little nervous that he just might not even play. Like I, that's I, what it's I still, like maybe he'll retire. I, I'm a huge Jamal Charles fan. I've always loved him. I took him in a league I don't know, last year or the year before. And my brother seriously just said to me, you just can't quit him. Can you? <laughs> and I was just like, no, I can't like I I'm addicted to him. His, his, I love him, but I just, at this point now that he's, he doesn't seem to be getting a lot of interest And you're right. I kind of wonder if he's, if he's just too hurt to really get anything and maybe he'll be healthy by the beginning of the season, but he's really going to have to be in a good situation to produce. So if I had to rank him, I think I'm going to go Adrian Peterson uh, as the most productive. God, if Eddie Lacy could be healthy, he could be, he could be good in Seattle and Jamal Charles scares the hell out of me. Yeah, he to be, scares me at this to be point. fair, Eddie Lacy has been injured, so he maybe gained a little weight since he couldn't uh, work out. I think we need to have an Eddie, Eddie Lacy weight weight loss contest, like lose weight with Eddie Lacy as he prepares for the season. I think it'll get a lot of guys motivated. We'll see what I happens. Would take that cha- I would take that challenge. That's a fun on. one. Maybe we'll do that. Clock dodge. I put sponsor. up like a dollar. He puts up like every like ten thousand dollars for every pound we lose. <laughs> It'll I be crush fun. him. It'll be fun. It's gonna be interesting to see where these guys land. These last those those two guys. If they land anywhere, like you guys said, they may just retire. Maybe they say it's not worth it. We shall see. I can't. I can't see any of them just walking away yeah. though. Like on that note, on the note that they left that, off on. Ugh. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be like, all right, fine, just I'll take whatever. I'm gonna take one last chance to prove you all wrong. Exactly. I mean, they're professional athletes. Like they've got a mentality that in their head they have like they have to believe they're the best. Like exactly. If they if they don't have that belief, they're not gonna be where they're at. So to just walk away like, well, okay, fine, I wasn't getting the money that I wanted. I'm just gonna take my ball and go home. Like I just I don't see that from any of these guys. So yeah, they're, they're, they're too really much think, of competitors to see them do that, you think? Yeah, I want to see Peterson land in a good spot and really just try and take it out on the league. <laughs> Likewise. All right, I got two more for you guys. Next one. The Browns will have found their franchise starting quarterback by the end of this upcoming season. Foul or no foul? Foul. Oh. <laughs> I I'll get on this one right away. Like I don't see it happening. This, this draft doesn't really have any prospects that look extremely intriguing, and it looks like that's the route they're taking. I mean, honestly, the only team that I think is doing worse at quarterback are the Chicago Bears because I don't know how you sign Mike Lennon to a three-year contract and think that you're doing anything. But ultimately, if we're sticking on the Browns for a second, yeah, I mean, they're going to draft a rookie, maybe two this year. Hope they get something out of it. I just don't see it. I don't really have any idea what their plan is there this year. Um, 
long term. They're acquiring a ton of picks, so ultimately they're going to draft in bulk and hope to build a franchise that way. It should be effective. I mean, we've seen it be effective before. We've seen it be effective in other sports, but I I just don't see it happening this year for them to you know be able to just win the quarterback lottery like get a you know Dak Prescott or something. Sean Watson, Trubisky, John, you think they they find their guy this year or no? Well, I I think if they find their guy, um, they shouldn't have to look too far. But I don't think their guy is going to be on their roster. If that's what you're saying. Um, <laughs> There's a guy at USC that, like, is prime for the NFL. Like, everybody wants Sam Darnold. Like, that's – Cleveland's going to – you know, people are already talking. Like, well, let's just – there's no quarterbacks in 2017. So just get that first pick. This kid is the next quarterback. So it seems like the Rams shouldn't have to look far. So maybe they'll find him and realize, all right, we're just going to, you know, forget 2017. We're just going to go ahead and prep for 2018 Browns, and get right? this kid. Yeah. Yeah. They're competing with the Browns. It's who can, who can get that first pick. So I think they can find their quarterback, but he's not going to be on their roster at this, in 2017. Interesting. If that, if that helps. Interesting. And, and also, you know, cause Adam did kind of sidetrack us with the Glennon thing. Do either one of you believe in Glennon? No. So no one believes in Glennon, but the bears. The bears don't even believe in him. Come on. Why are they giving yeah. that money though, man? They're just no. desperate. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is what it is. It's a quarterback-driven league. They're desperate. The entire city wants to move on from Cutler. I'm a Chicagoan. I was super happy that we're moving on from Cutler. This is atrocious. It, it Honestly, the way I've been explaining it to people is the only thing that makes sense to me is that the Bears realized that the Chicago Cubs had this place in the hearts of Chicagoans, and the Bears needed to fill that void as the lovable losers. So now the Bears are our lovable losers, and hopefully the Cubs can win some more World Series. Man, John, you think that struck a chord, Adam? He's taking. He doesn't like the whole Glennon thing, man. I should have. I should have started. Terrible. I should have started this thing it's off so with bad. Glennon. It's all right, man. I think. Yeah, I don't know, man. You, I, I guess no one has any. No one has any uh, expectations for him to do well. Do you guys sell all your bears because of him, Meredith, and all those guys? Do you not believe in any of them, or, or what? I don't sell Meredith, but uh, that's because I really love his talent, and I think if you own him anywhere, you probably got him quite cheaply um so i am not looking to turn around and sell him he's he's a guy who i think even with a bad quarterback is probably going to be the number one option in that offense but outside of meredith i i can't be happy about anybody i think that this really total i I don't want to say totally kills jordan howard but to me like puts a huge damper on somebody who i thought would be like a top 10 running back coming into the season and now i just there's nothing for me to get excited about there I bought some Jordan Howard stock, man. Don't tell me that. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. I bought, yeah, I bought uh, some uh, stock. Uh-oh, indeed. Uh-oh. Did, did you wait, see how did, Todd Gurley oh. did last year? <laughs> so were we supposed to be talking about the Bears and I said the Rams? Did I mishear you? No, 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 no. no. Okay, just... okay. I just, so we moved on to the Bears. Okay, yeah. I, just, I, was, I was like, man, did, did I mishear him? Listen, did, did I, you did... trade for Terrell Pryor yet? No. <laughs> Listen, I was hoping by the end of this episode you would say, I got him. Adam, what do you want for him? We could do this all right here. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. No, I, I'm actually paying attention. That's good. Well, anything else, I was just like, did I miss here something? How, how, how did we get to the – I swear he asked about the Rams. How did we get to the Bears? I asked about the Browns. I do have the, the 101 in that league, John. Oh. So if you can acquire Pryor somehow. <laughs> oh. you know, if, I get would... Pryor, if I get Pryor, I can have that 101. Huh? Is that – 
Is that what no, I mean? no. I, I, I don't. Ex- I don't expect you to only ask for the one-on-one for prior. But you know. <laughs> oh, man. I, I have nothing in that league. Oh, uh, no, we're not. Nobody cares about your fantasy league. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, right. Interesting. Dog. The last one I got. This one is really directed to your, towards you two, um, because you both have a common interest that you really like. Um, so this one is for you guys. With the ever constant right advancement in technology. And our addiction to technology and, you know, younger and younger kids playing with iPads and smartphones and all this kind of stuff. Would your two, you, your beloved board games will become extinct in the eyes of future generations, foul or no foul? Uh, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll say uh, they I'll say foul. There's no way they become extinct. Um, I mean, my kids still love actually sitting down. They And they are addicted. I mean, they are on their iPods as much as I am, it's, it, we're, we're all terrible. Um, and they play games on it. They play games against each other. Like they'll literally sit next to each other and each have their own iPod and be playing against each other. Right. But they still love to sit down at a table. Um, and, and that's probably partly because, I mean, I love it. And when we do, it's uh, the whole family sits down. Like we play, we play a board game. We, I just, I just found the board game the other day that uh, my sister introduced us to it. Uh, it was called it's called Blockus, B-L-O-K-U-S. And I'm like, sitting right next to it right now, John. Oh, are you for real? Sam Hart. Yeah, I've got it right oh, next to me. It is awesome. Like Fantastic. I got addicted to it, and my kids loved it too. Like they can, they're at the age they're uh, my nine and my seven year old, my six year old kind of sat and watched, but nine and seven, like they played, and they didn't just play. Like they were looking ahead, like trying to make sure that I couldn't get through an area to open up a segment and stuff like that. Like, so I don't think it'll be extinct. Come on. That's just, that's good family. <laughs> that kind of competition, that's never going to go away. You don't get the same. I, I downloaded the app immediately. Of course, you don't get the same feel as just sitting at a table, playing a game. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I was trying to get to, you know, kids, even, even fancy football and stuff, all these kind of things are becoming more and more popular. And so I was just trying to see if you guys feel that, you know, kids would pull away from that. And you guys kind of answered my question because I was also, I, don't, I haven't got to Adam yet, but you guys, I was going to ask you guys suggestions for kids. Like if you wanted to get kids into board games that maybe aren't playing them right now, besides like the old classics and stuff, if there were new ones that you would suggest, you kind of mentioned one there with Blockus, but Adam, you know, how do you feel about this? And if you have any suggestions also for those kind of things. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I'm going to go the opposite route. I actually think it's a no foul. I mean, we're all heading towards the singularity guys. Just embrace it. So, I think that in regards to the exact statement, boards and cards will become obsolete, but board games and card games will not. The concept of these sort of games is they are structured differently than other games we know. Video games, they're structured differently than sports. The structure will remain. But yeah, I mean, I agree with John. I love the aspect of actually physically playing a board game. Honestly, when I hang out with friends and we're just like drinking and having a good time. I love playing board games. When I'm with my family at the holidays, I love playing board games. There's something very communal about that aspect. And one day, if I have a family like John does, I hope to be able to sit down and actually play board and card games in an environment that isn't just completely electronic. Right. That being said, that's where we're headed. Let's <laughs> go in there. Hey, maybe so, maybe, you like know, with, maybe with the virtual it. reality, you, maybe we'll like be maybe we'll be the it. game pieces. Uh, you don't have to fight it. You can't fight it. You gotta ride the wave. <laughs> if you fight the wave, you biff really hard. I've watched enough <laughs> surfing videos and know how this works, bro. 
So oh, you just man, got... I mean, <laughs> it, it's um, trust me. I mean, like, just I can see it in my kids that they actually put their iPods down when we sit down to play a, a, an actual board game. Like, they put them down. But They're John, like, but like hands, you said, John, but like you said, it could be you though. There may be not enough of you as far as the guys who love it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think even Adam said it. Like he, even though he thinks it's going away, if he has kids, yeah, he's gonna want to sit down and play that game for sure with them. For and sure. that, that they're not that, gonna want to. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me, they will, and they'll I'm think the, it's. I'm the only non dad. Awesome. You. I'll defer to the dads. <laughs> Listen, like they that time that they get. That's I mean they it it means something. It's huge. We we may have to hope for virtual reality. You know, you put the goggles on and we are on the game board and stuff and where the pieces. Maybe I don't know, you know, but I don't know. You go to Toys R Us, man. They got like so many board games and like their aisles are empty. <laughs> You're like, what's going on here, man? I like some good games, but you guys said Block Us. That's a good one. Block Us. That Block is good. It. Yeah, that, that's a great one. Uh, applies to all ages is a very Tetris-esque sort of game. Um really works around spatial thinking. Um, anyone who likes games directed around puzzles or, or spatial recognition, uh, I think that's an awesome game for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you were mentioning, like, are there good games to get young kids into? I would say, honestly, like, the, the, I think the best way is, A, not to um, give kids something that's way too difficult, but at the same time to, you know allow them to kind of step up to the plate in a way, challenge um, them a little bit. you know, yeah, to challenge them a little bit. Cause I think we're all kind of that way. I mean, when I introduce new games to people, almost every single time you're first introducing a new game to somebody, they're uncomfortable. There's like this visceral reaction that occurs. They feel very confused. They're frustrated a little bit. And almost always by the end of that first game, if it's a good game and if you're good at teaching it, they have a grasp of it and they're excited to play it again. And I think that's kind of the cool thing that I've felt over the course of time with, with board games and card games. And I think that, you know, depending on how old the kids are, but once they start getting to that, you know, like, like John, you said your, your kids are like seven and nine. Did I hear right? Not nine, seven, six, nine, seven, six. Okay. So you've got three, but they're getting to that age where like, I mean, they're little people. <laughs> I, I've been around six and seven year olds. They're, they're little people, and yeah, honestly, I I wouldn't you know I would encourage when kids get to that sort of age to be willing to expose them to games that aren't crazily complex, but are a little bit more obscure than like your average popular board games when we were a kid. Because I think that the thing that is really fun is just like John said, it's when you can start seeing these young minds realize that there's a lot of strategy involved. And it creates a different element and a different way of thinking that's very creative and I think fosters a lot of personality development. For me, I think it was huge in who I became as a person having a lot of exposure to games growing up. Um, I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, but I play a lot of poker. I got exposed to poker really early, which can be detrimental to some because that is a gambling aspect. <laughs> yeah. But I think in a lot of all... It's so good of, for math. It's yeah, so it, good for math. It, it's not... I mean, it's amazing for math, but it's amazing for psychology and for yep. looking at the way other people think. It's amazing for... If you if you handle it properly, it's amazing for learning finances and, and bankroll management and things like that. There are so many things that I've learned through games 
that I think in a lot of other ways would have seemed very boring or very, or I would have been very disinterested in, but through having this exposure to games and really being very engulfed in games from a very early age, it was something that excited me. And, and the skill sets that I've learned through those, I, I think, apply hugely to my other successes in life. There yeah. you have it. I, I, it's, I come from a, a family of games. Like, we literally just spent a couple weeks ago, we all went to this big, huge cabin. Like, me, all my siblings, all their kids, my parents – we all went to this cabin and we literally went there like to play games and, you know, drink and eat and that's awesome. Not, not have to go home at the end of the night, but I mean, we played <laughs> games all day and the kids loved playing the games with the adults or so Adam's dead on there. Um, one game that I started them with is another one of my favorites sequence, but they have like a sequence for kids, which is a smaller board uh, instead of actual cards. It's got cards with animals on it, but it teaches the same concept. And then, like at one point my daughter just said like we were playing the adult version of sequence and she's like can i play and i was like sure and you could see as soon as she sat down like she's never gone back to playing that kid version like (laughs) now now it's like she was ready for that and that like she it's it is so much fun to watch her like i can see her mind think (laughs) when she looks at the board and like she doesn't have a poker face yet thankfully. (laughs) So I I don't need her to develop that at all. (laughs) Um, But like when she, when, when all of a sudden something clicks, like she sees like two moves that she wants to do back to back. Like I can tell, you can tell she's like excited. um, And then she's like her, she makes her plays really fast. So like, it's a dead giveaway to me. Like I know, okay, well she put, she put that chip there. I know where the next one's going, but still it's so much fun to see that like she gets that. And that development, it's just fun to watch. And you're right. It, it teaches – games teach so much more than just the game. I mean, it teaches how to win well or poorly, uh, lose well. I mean, it's just it, the, the strategy of thinking a couple of steps ahead in games is something that if you can learn it right, you can apply it to everything. And it's a difference maker. For sure. And from hearing you both, it's safe to say that board game lives do matter. They matter. Yeah, they do. They matter. Yeah, they do. And they will live forever through guys like you. Well, John, Adam, I think we're here at the end, man. I think we made it. Yeah. I think we did. Before we go, though, obviously, I want to tell everybody where to find each and every one of us as far as our, you know, your podcast. Or if John, you go first and show the guests. Where can they find you as far as Twitter if they already don't know where you're at? And, of course, where they can find your podcast and things like that. Sure. Um, on Twitter, I am at Empire FFL. My podcast is Fanity. Fanity. I did that again. I said I said that the other day. Uh, like I, this is this is twice I've guessed it on podcasts <laughs> that have gone past midnight, and like because that's the only time I can really record where it's just convenient. Right. And I said Fanity the last time too. Good God, I like. Do I need to write a note to myself on what my own podcast? <laughs> put is it named? put it in big letters right in front of you. Good Lord, Fantasy Insanity. Um. I don't talk players like this is the most I talk. I only talk players when I go on other people's podcasts right. on my podcast. What we talk about is strange leagues. Um, I'm involved in a bunch of crazy leagues. I've come up with a bunch of crazy leagues. I don't like just standard fantasy. I like insane fantasy. So that's what I talk about. Um, it's just a way to kind of spur new ideas for people to play in more creative leagues. I want to see fantasy football go just 
crazy. Uh, I That's what I enjoy. I like it because it always is challenging. The more new leagues you create, the more strategy there is. And that's what challenges me. So that's what, if you're interested in that ever, uh, definitely give, give my podcast a listen. I, I always love to hear what new people think when they give mine a listen and they're like, okay, wow, that league is nuts. <laughs> and how do I, how do I do some of those things in my league? Right. Um, exactly. Like hearing that from somebody, it always is. It's unbelievable when people say things like that, that it just, I mean, it never occurred to them, but as soon as they hear it, they love it. And I'm like, yes, let's spread this. Exactly. Let's spread this disease. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. So definitely follow you because you're awesome on Twitter and then definitely listen to the podcast. Cause like you said, it's different. It's awesome. You got some, some good ideas, some good ideas in there. People aren't even thinking about, man. Some people, too many people just go with the flow. You know, they just go with whatever's laid out in front of them and you obviously expand upon that. So definitely if you haven't listened to it, go listen to his podcast. It's good stuff. Follow him on Twitter. If you're not already doing that, Adam, where can they find you? All right, gentlemen. Yeah, everyone, you can find me at, at the other FF guy on Twitter. Um, I hopefully will have actually um, some writing coming out later on this uh, off season. We'll see. I have a few things in the works right now, so so we'll see if I can get some stuff out there. Um, first and foremost, John, thanks so much for coming on, man. It was a pleasure to talk. Anyone out there, I, I just want to shout it back to John if you haven't had an opportunity to ever listen to Fantasy Insanity. It's a really fun podcast that goes over some of the different things that you can be doing to make fantasy more fun with so many different styles of leagues. I mean, I've listened to some of his podcasts, and honestly, I'm like taken aback because they're things I never even considered. Um, One that's super cool that I would highly recommend to anybody out there is the podcast on uh, the league with superpowers. Uh, I can't remember what it's entitled, but it, it, it... fascinated me so much because it was just this element where I was like that's something that I've never even considered um honestly you know fantasy is such an interesting environment especially once it got exposed to Twitter because there's so many different leagues out there and often you know we focus just on football fantasy football here but there's like there's people who play fantasy bachelor I was watching survivor the other night and I thought to myself I was like why have I never tried to find a fantasy survivor league? So if anybody knows of any, hit me up on Twitter. Cause, uh, I definitely want to get involved, even though there's one episode down, I've watched every season of survivor. I'm obsessed with the show. So hit me up at the other FF guy. Cause I, I gotta find a freaking fantasy survivor. league. All <laughs> right, just... Adam, Adam, I, you want me to make your day right now? Do you have one already? <laughs> I, I don't have one. I used to, I used to play in some, um, and I actually, one of, one of my episodes, I had a guy on who has a website called Fantasizer, F-A-N-T-S-I-Z-R, Fantasizer. Uh, it's got fantasy games for everything. You can literally make anything into a fantasy game, which is why I had him on. Cause I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like you can, you can have survivor fantasy leagues. Beyond just, I mean, I do like fantasy, I do like survivor drafts, um, where everybody picks a player and then whoever, whoever, whatever player wins, like you win something, but, uh, but they have actual like leagues where they like score the players, you know, they made, they, they wanted a mutiny challenge. They got a reward. They found an idol, stuff like that. (laughs) Crazy. I I've already looked up the website. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? 
I, I'm super intrigued by this. And, and I love it. I mean, and it goes back to kind of the heart of what we were just talking about, the idea of games. It's what even brings us to this podcast. It's why I know both of you. It's something that brings us together. And ultimately, like, Neil, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate you having me back on the pod. Of I hope this is the first Likewise. of many for this season. And uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, ultimately, like it, that, that really does speak to so much of what we were touching on with the idea of board games, that idea of community, that idea of coming together. And I think that's what's really great about fantasy football. It brings us all together. And, and I'm so excited to see who I get to meet throughout this season and you know, play another awesome, awesome year of fantasy. Yeah, it's crazy. Thanks. And I, I really do appreciate you having me on too. This was, this was fun. A lot of fun. Adam, when you set up your survivor league, let me know. I'll jump in that. <laughs> oh, I got to commission. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't I, I, commission I, I, anything else right now. <laughs> also, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I appreciate both of you for coming on and taking this time. John, I did, I do like to give our, uh, you know, our listeners uh, a final word. I mean, our, our, our guest a final word. Adam's not getting that opportunity because he's not really a guest. He's always on here. But you, I mean, I don't know if that was kind of your final word there, the whole, the, all the leagues and stuff. But I, if you have anything else, man, I always like you to, to kind of end on one of those. Uh, I'll, I'll shout one more out just kind of to, uh, uh, you know, along with what Adam just said. Like, this is fun, people. Let's always remember this is fun. Um, you know, recently there's been some stuff on Twitter that maybe it's not as much fun for some people and I'm not going to get into any of that, but like, if you're not having fun, just don't be in that league. If you have a problem with a league, just leave that league, but you don't need to, I don't know. Don't make big deals out of things, people (laughs) like let things go, move on, go have fun somewhere else doing whatever you think will be fun. Don't take fun away from other people. Uh, if people are enjoying something, there's no reason to kind of make any type of an attack on something. There, there's just let people have fun doing fantasy, fantasy football and anything like who cares if it's not. Well, I don't understand why people get worked up um, and try and rile other people up. If it's something you don't like, move on and let everybody else just have fun. So that's going to be my last word. This is supposed to be fun. Let everybody have fun. I love it, man. I appreciate it. And again, man, thank you so much for coming on. It was it was awesome. Hopefully, you'll come back again. I hope I hope you enjoyed it, and you will come back um, again. Everybody, follow him on Twitter and listen to his podcast. Adam, thank you again as always. You're obviously hopefully be back as well, unless you hate me after something today. Um, <laughs> so, thank you both a lot. And of course, anyone listening, um, please subscribe to the podcast, review it on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, anywhere you're at. It's there. Um, visit ClockDodgers.com and. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and thank you both for uh, for having this great conversation with me. You guys thank have a you. good night. Thank you, man. Thank Bye, you. guys. Visit ClockDodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at ClockDodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.